0: Hello, and thank you for listening in to this 17th episode of Raking Coals. Please be sure to head over to e43collective.com, where you can find more episodes of Raking Coals, the After Sunday discussion, or read some of our blog posts. Today on Raking Coals, we have a guest with us. His name is Zach Butler. Zach is a great guy and a great friend, and I'm very excited for you to hear his story. He's going to be talking about his time working at Chick-fil-A, where he is currently a drive-through director. It's a very, very great story. I think you guys will be encouraged by the words that he shares. He is on track and wants to eventually be an owner-operator of a Chick-fil-A, something that I think would be fantastic, would love to see happen. And he'll come, he'll share a little bit about working at a Chick-fil-A and how to minister in the workplace. I think you guys are really going to enjoy what he has to share. Please enjoy the episode and let us know what you think afterwards. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 17 of Raking Coals. This is an extra special and extra exciting episode Because we have a guest with us today, but I am one of your hosts, Cody Haggard, and with me as always is Josh Fauzi. Hello. And we are sitting extra close today, Josh and I. We're sharing a microphone.
1: Yes, yes. Uncomfortably close.
0: So if the sound sounds a little weird, it's because we're like shoulder to shoulder, because we were having technical difficulties.
1: It's ours. It is what it is.
0: But today, we do have a guest with us. His name is Zach Butler. He is a very good friend of mine. We went to high school together, and a good friend of Josh's as well. We've all spent time together hanging out, and we are going to introduce you to Zach. Zach, why don't you just go ahead and say hello before we start anything? Hello, fans of
2: Raking Coals. (laughs) Hey, and is this your first time ever being on a podcast? This is my first time Probably talking into a microphone for an extended period of time. So, two two first today. All right. Very good. Very good. And so a little bit about
0: Zach. Zach, he is a drive-through manager, right? Drive-through manager. Drive-through director. Yeah. Same difference. Drive-through director at a Chick-fil-A. Zach's got a really interesting story. Um, so Zach, why don't you go ahead and start off by telling us a little bit about what you do and how you got there.
2: All right. Well, as Cody said, I am a drive-through director. Um, basically, I oversee just operations and um, hire. Not well, I do some hiring, but mainly just like operations and day-to-day um, things with our drive-through. Um, as probably a lot of people know, Chick-fil-A drive-throughs are pretty busy, so um, my my hands are pretty full most days. But other than doing drive-thru stuff, I do um, like hiring things for our store. I help do like some marketing, some training, um, developing like leaders, stuff like that. I kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, But yeah, I I would say probably my my main job is making sure the drive-thru is fast, that you get your Chick-fil-A as fast as possible and um, that it's delicious and hot.
1: That's the important thing though, right? Oh, absolutely. Food is always good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that's much on my part. It's just more, that's definitely our kitchen. But I would say, yeah, that making sure it's good, it's hot, and it's to you in a a reasonable time.
1: All right. So, Cody, you said that you guys went to high school together.
2: Oh, yeah. We go way back.
1: Yeah. Way back. Right. Mm -hmm. So, how did you go from high school with Cody, which I'm sorry for? (laughs) 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 uh, Well, to where you are now?
2: Oh man, it's like it's a quite of time there. Actually, I was thinking the other day. This is kind of cool that it's come. I wouldn't say full circle, but how we kind of had that like before podcasts were podcasting. How we recorded that show in your basement the one yes, time. <laughs> yes, we recorded a podcast before they were a thing. They even <laughs> yeah before they were even a thing we recorded a show. So this is kind of Wait, cool to come full circle. Did you do circle. that
1: Spanish song with Cody in high school?
2: I did not do that Spanish song. No, that? that? was Greg that, Haneke. Yeah, we we'll, we'll have to Greg. get Greg Haneke on here. Yes. Some some of, <laughs> he was one of the rich of the OGs, but, uh, yeah. So we went from high school. We went to, uh, we did not go to college together. He went to Moody. I went to uh, Grove city. Um, but we stayed in really close connection through out college. Um, I would come out and visit Cody for like Thanksgiving, uh, like almost every year, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just like, when we could, we would make time for each other. Um, I don't know. You're definitely one of the very few friends that I have that I stay in contact with probably like every month at least. We talk. So um, yeah, to hear, I mean, it was just, I went to Korea for um, two years to teach English and we stayed in touch over Facebook and um, we would, video chat every now and then and I'll tell you that I can't talk to anybody because I don't know the language (laughs) and share my woes of trying to figure out Korean culture and what I can and can't eat and (laughs) yeah that that was a good time but yeah coming back then I um, I moved to Pittsburgh um, which is where I'm currently at and that's where I work why did you move to Pittsburgh that was mainly uh, for my wife well, not at the time, a girl at the yeah, time. I did yeah. move for a girl and it did work out. So don't believe what <laughs> some conventional wisdom is is don't move for a girl. Well, I did and it worked out. That so. just depends on age and maturity. Right, just, exactly. Like, if you're sixteen listening to this, <laughs> stay in school, kids. <laughs> yeah, stay in school, I guess. Yeah. That would <laughs> don't okay, at that point, yeah, don't do what I did. But it did work out. I did move to Pittsburgh and um ended up marrying the girl that I moved out for. And we currently live um, in a duplex with uh, actually another high school friend of, he was more of an acquaintance in high school and then became my friend later. Um, But he also went to our high school, which is kind of funny that you never really go too far away from like your friends and stuff. You kind of always stay in the same area, I guess. But um, yeah, so that's where I currently live. And I mean, we just, we probably talk every couple of weeks just on Friday we'll call each other up and Cody will be going to work and I'll have to wake up super early to talk to him but <laughs> it's always worth it and we'll just talk anything from theology to board games to Lord of the Rings.
1: Okay so you went to Grove City what what did you major in while you were there?
2: Um, So I majored in the easiest thing I could major in and that was communications so I took okay. the path of least resistance in college. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do or everyone should do it, but that is that was the path that I cut out for
1: myself. Okay, okay. So how did you end up in Korea? Because I haven't heard this story. So
2: yeah. So I it actually the the seed for Korea was planted um, probably my junior year of college. I went to um, Prague, which is the Czech Republic. I went there for a study abroad program. I was there for four months and. During that four months, I was like, I love traveling. Like I love just living in another culture, seeing things that like our American way just didn't really even make sense to them at times. So it was just like, it was an eye-opening experience, especially for like me at 20, 21 years old. I like had never experienced that before. So um, that was kind of like the seed there that I was like, I, when, I, when I graduate, I want to like do something before like I go and get a job and get a career and whatnot, I want to like Just get out there. And it's kind of fitting. Like J.R. Tolkien said, like, not all who wander are lost. So, like, I was just like, I got to go wander for a while. And so um, I heard about Korea actually through a mutual friend of mine who was already over there teaching. He was a year older than me. He'd graduated. He'd gone over. He was teaching in Incheon, which is like right next to Seoul, which is like the northwest area of Korea, if you're looking at a map. So he was over there. He told me like, hey, this is an awesome gig. Like, you gotta get over here. Like, you just teach during the day and kind of just personal development during the night, because he's like, you can't really talk to anybody if you're like out in the countryside. (laughs) So he was in a city, so he had like some foreign friends and stuff like that that he could talk to. So yeah, I went over there um with Spencer, who was like my friend from college. And he uh he and I moved out into the sticks, we like to say, because we were out in like the rice paddy fields like out in the middle of nowhere, Korea. And I think there were like 10 other foreigners in our town of 40,000 Koreans, which I know it doesn't sound that like, doesn't
1: sound like the sticks at all. I'm thinking, like, I know, I know, yeah, <laughs> they really, I know when I say that, everyone's
2: just like 40,000, that's a city, like, no, like Korea, like the entire population of Korea, which is like 50 million people, live in like a landmass the size of like indiana so it's just like this a lot of people crammed in this tiny little peninsula and the peninsula is divided in half because there's a crazy guy up north that <laughs> owns half the place so he uh so yeah when we're over there and i say i'm in the sticks like it is still like once you left like the city like it was farms and that's okay. basically who i taught We're farm kids so that was probably one of the best two years of my life though is just teaching these like kind of podunk kids that like knew they were kind of growing up to be farmers but hey there's like this western crazy like blonde haired white guy telling me (laughs) English things so like I'll yeah sure I'll do this for a little bit (laughs)
0: yeah I think the the interesting thing too I don't know the whole spiritual makeup of where you're at but I feel like just from the stories I've heard from you from your travels in in the east and around Asia it gave you a sense of compassion of you met a lot of good people like people who were just living life day by day, who did just didn't know didn't know Jesus. They didn't know what we believed in, and it kind of like I really always appreciated your stories because it gave you a sense of compassion that like there's a lot of lost people out there that just don't know at all. And what what was that like for you being a Christian in an environment where it's kind of mixed spiritually?
2: Yeah, no, it was it was actually. Um really cool. Cause I got plugged in with a church, like a Presbyterian Korean church while I was there. And like a lot of things happened with me spiritually in Korea. Like it was probably one of the best and worst, like spiritually, like long journeys that I've had. Um, and I if we wanted to talk about that later we can, but I mean, it was, it was, it was a great time for me. Like I really felt it was first a time where God was really kind of putting me in the crucible and just, like, really, like, going at, like, what do you believe? What do you, like, what are you going to get out of this? Like, what are you going to make your own? What are you going to, like, throw away, I guess, for lack of a better word? But um, worshiping at this church, though, like, with other people that did not speak English, but, like, they sang the same hymnals, and they sang, like, songs that, like, I would sing in English, they would sing in Korean, but we, like, both were worshiping, like, the same like Jesus, the same God, it was just like, it was really like a cool experience to like worship. it was like, it's kind of how, um, in the Bible where Jesus kind of paints a picture of heaven where there's all these people like worshiping, like at the throne of like God. And like, they're all speaking like different tongues and stuff. Like that was kind of like a, a, a here and now like picture of that. Um, but that was, that was like, that was crazy to, to worship with them. Um, but yeah, like you said, I did meet like a ton of people from all walks of life, and one of the most eye-opening things to me, um, because I went to a Christian high school and then I went to a Christian college, so like there's times where you kind of realize I'm kind of in a bubble a little bit. Like life is probably a little different outside of like Grove City College, and it very much is. Um, sorry if anyone from Grove City is listening, but it is, it is very different. Um, People don't always pray before business meetings, so I just (laughs) letting you know that now. Um, But over there, there were times where I would meet people, and like they did not believe anything religiously at all, like let alone Jesus. But like life just kind of like worked for them, and I was just like, wow. Like like we we as Christians sometimes like to paint the picture as we have all this hope, and like we are in a good place and like everyone else is just kind of falling apart and we need to bring them into this like good place that we're in but that at least for me that was kind of like the image that I had growing up Um, and then actually going out there and seeing like people having a different lifestyle and not believing my beliefs and then being like like oh okay you're you're fine like actually like this is a different way of life that like I might need to somehow take a different approach to like talk about jesus with or like witness to because it's not always like oh there's this guy named jesus and you need him it's like okay your lifestyle is very different it might be working for you but like here's something else that might be a little more fulfilling i guess yeah how i could sum that up
0: yeah no i always i always appreciated that because like you you mentioned we paint this picture of like because it's true right because we believe in original sin and total depravity and all that. but it's it's even harder when it's like man this person really kind of has a good life, but at the same time their eternal destiny according to the Bible is is in a, a like a, a tough place. Mm-hmm. And so I've always appreciated those stories from you but um we do want to talk a little bit about chick-fil-a here and and so we kind of took looked at your your time in korea and you came back to the states you did a little bit of landscaping and construction for a while you can talk about that if you'd like to um but I remember when you told me you were getting a job at a Chick Fil A. I'm gonna be honest, dude. This is my first thing. I'm like, man, Zach, dude. College educated, and working at a fast food. You and my res- parents. <laughs> working at a fast food restaurant, bro. Like, I love you to death, but I didn't have I didn't have the guts to question it at the time to your face. But I'm like, what's what's going on? But I I guess I can't say much, right? I'm working in a factory right now. <laughs> so- <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> But, but you know, it it went through my head. And then to talk to you about Chick-fil-A and talk to you about how much you love it, dude, it's been really encouraging to me because you're a guy who embraces his job, his position at that job with a total servant's heart, with a attitude of wanting the best for your business and wanting the best uh, for yourself and approaching it in a way that I I personally think really glorifies God, at least from
2: what you tell me. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I try to, man. Like it's. It's been a long road back from Korea at times um, in my personal life, but no, I I totally get the f- initial reaction to me working at, like, I even still, like, will be like, man, I really wonder what people think when I say, like, I work at, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I work at a fast food restaurant, and, like, you grow up always being like, I'm not going to work at, bur-. like, that's always kind of, like, the standard, like, just don't work at McDonald's, don't work at Burger King, and then here I am, like, college educated working at a fast food restaurant, so... I totally, I'm aware, I'm self-aware of that that image. But I think at the end of the day, um, to me, work is redemptive. And we were put originally in the garden to work. And whether I was teaching in Korea, whether I was digging up yards and putting large rocks in them for landscaping um, or working at a fast food restaurant, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to see it through the lens of that work is redemptive that i'm 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 working i'm serving a purpose and i'm gonna serve it to the best of my ability and chick-fil-a kind of hits all those it satisfies me in so many ways and i never would have thought working at a restaurant could satisfy me other than like my stomach is now full but like like that deep like like fulfillment that like people like i always hear about like yeah you find like you you find that job that's like well, you never work a day in your life because like you love that job. And I mean, I don't feel that every single day at Chick-fil-A because there's definitely days I get up and I'm like, oh man, I got to go to work. But at the end of that day, I'm like, I got to work. I got to do something. I got to invest in people to, to see my teammates grow, to talk to people that like maybe don't know certain things about life, not even just like Christianity, but like just things in life. Cause I work with a lot of teenagers and I work with a lot of public school teenagers. Who I hear them talking. I hear the things that they're doing on the weekends. I know the people they're hanging out with because, like, I would hang out with those people sometimes. Like, I know. I know because we've been there. And that's just kind of how life is with experience. But to like be in a position that allows me, not just because my title says like drive-through director, so you have to listen to me, but like, I feel like I'm pretty well liked and respected at my store. That people actually ask me for advice um like the other day a girl um who initially we butted heads with um uh when I first started working there um she asked me the other day when I was in the kitchen she was like hey Zach um like how would you let a guy down easy if you didn't want to see him anymore and she was just going through like a breakup with a guy and she didn't know how best to like let a guy down without hurting him and so I was just like wow like before she probably would have never have said anything unless it was just like get out of my way. But now it's like, I don't know the the time you see the rewards you you invest in people you you approach work with a redemptive lens and like you start seeing the fruits of that labor. And it's not like I'm ta- constantly talking about like the gospel message or anything. It's just it's both finding those moments in my store to like either act out what I know I need to be acting out um, or like saying the words like, Hey, maybe you want to come to church this week. Like my, my church, at least in Pittsburgh is very big about that. Just be like, come to church, just come Sunday. We're having this series going on, no pressure, but if you'd want to come, I think it'd be helpful to you. So stuff like that. Um, I really try to keep a conscious effort with, um, yeah, I mean, I really, I really do find a satisfying work in my job and I really want to take that next step of being, an owner operator, if I can even say that right now, but that's kind of the path that I want to be on. Um, because I, I enjoy my work and I love Chick-fil-A and what they stand for. Um, I never thought I'd be like a corporate guy, like rah, rah, go big corporate. But like, I mean, Chick-fil-A is still a small time family company gone big time. Um, and it doesn't look like that to the average guest, but for those who work inside it there's a lot of like gaps that are like why don't we have a really good working app <laughs> at times because it's like this is the 21st century like you know mcdonald's has a really great app why why are we like lacking so like stuff like that and we also have a great app if you're listening please go download it. it's the chick-fil-a one app give some free food <laughs> some points <laughs> if i'm gonna be here i'm gonna plug some things <laughs> but um it is great. It, we fixed the bugs, I promise. But at first I was just like, oh, man, like we came out with an app like this is kind of not what I thought it would be. But like that, again, is just like that. It's a small time company trying to figure out how to, to play with the big dogs. And I don't really know where I'm going with all this. I'm just kind of like this uh, is.
1: I'll, get- I'll, let me ask you a question. then. Are there any misconceptions that us, the eating public, have about Chick-fil-A that isn't true? Um,
2: what, what, what misconceptions do you think you have?
1: Like, okay. So I don't know, like Chick-fil-A very much like within the Christian community, it's like the Christian fast food restaurant. It's it's God's chicken. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is.
2: (laughs) No, I get it, man. Yeah, it is. It is. It's good chicken. It's been blessed, but I can't tell you where we get it from, but
1: it's quite a journey. but like like so (laughs) sorry (laughs) but like like it's very much a company that's been kind of linked to the evangelical christian label and like i feel like that might not that might be a misconception i mean would you agree like working for chick-fil-a is it really like as what a lot of Christians think Chick-fil-A.
2: Yeah, so after we uh, get baptized in um, Chick-fil-A sauce, then we have to go to corporate for like a retreat for seven days, and there's some. No, I'm just kidding. So, so no, it's not. It's. Can you get
1: baptized in Chick-fil-A sauce?
2: I I would not be surprised if someone has to be honest during these days. Um, I would not be surprised in the least. Honestly, I'd probably applaud him, but. <laughs> but um no I, it is it is evangelical it is it's definitely its roots are deep into I don't want I don't want to use the term evangelical but like it's de- it's deep into like biblical living um I'm sure people have heard a number of things on the news and whatnot about chick-fil-a um I can't really speak on that but like if you want to call, call our corporate office I'm sure they would love to talk to you about it but As for what their beliefs are, I know that, like, when I went down there for a meeting recently, we went, I went on a Monday, and when they start the week off with worship, and they start the week off with, like, a brief, like, message. And you're free to come, it's not required. Um, But anyone who wants to just do some worship on Monday and start the week off with a message, like, they do that. And to me, that's, like, that's a powerful that's a powerful thing to have in your corporate office because not only are you just saying you believe these things, but you're actually acting it out. And I think a lot of times, um, not just in the Christian community, but just any secular business or group or anything, we say a lot of things these days, but not a lot of people actually act it out. And I, I, that's why I love Chick-fil-A is because they, they, they back up what they talk. And sometimes the talk's not what people want to hear but they're gonna stand by it. And as for like stores though, like individual stores, like if you are not a Christian, you can still get a Chick-fil-A. Like you gotta go through the whole process like anyone else, but like I I know for a fact there are some people that are 100% not Christians that are running stores very, very well and they love on people still. Um, Chick-fil-A looks for you, for uh, who you are, not just like what do you believe the ten commandments and like have you read the new testament yet like they they really select you based on who you are so to your question i guess i'm saying is like they do believe those those biblical things but they're not going to they also know that they they live in a a business world and they live in a secular world and a fallen world and so they're going to they're going to act out and they're going to do things that they believe are right but it's not always going to just be like well like, we think that, like, this is how Jesus would do it. Like, it, it's, they still are, they're, they're people. They're still people. Yeah, and I think, like, we were talking the other day,
0: day about about kind of the things that have happened in buffalo and and some of stores stores literally getting blocked from opening over reasons that we we all know are facades for just trying to block a business from expanding because of what 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 the owner believes spiritually this is not even like like kind of what i i was talking to you about chick-fil-a practices business just like any other fast food restaurant absolutely if you are qualified you fill out an application and you are needed you you'll get the job right I mean I'm sure you've got tons of people of various different walks of life because because you're pretty close you said you get a lot of like inner city kids and stuff at at your at -hmm. your place and um you know you're going to get a lot when when you kind of expand to an urban environment you're going Mm -hmm. to to really get kind of a mix of everything. And Absolutely. so, so I'm sure at you, even at your place, you've got people of all different walks of life, different faiths, different practices, different, different sexual identities. And Absolutely. You know, I'm sure you see it all the time.
2: Yeah. And some of those people are owner and operators too. So it's not just the employees that we look for. Um, it's also the selection process that Chick-fil-A has. I, I know that those same people you just listed can also be owner operators. It's not like, well, if you're gonna be in a Chick fil A you have to abide by our biblical beliefs. It's 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 not that kind of company. And I don't wanna like paint that image that like Chick fil A is like where all the Christians work. Even though a lot of a lot of them do, but also a lot of them don't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also like I was thinking here as you were talking, you get an opportunity as as a drive-through director to kind of be like a youth pastor with, without the title, right? You're not you're not like a pastor, you're not like a licensed minister or anything like that, but you are a Christian guy. Yeah. And you do believe in Jesus, you you yep. have a high view of the Bible and like Absolutely. I gotta, I gotta be honest. You are one of the few managers of anything that I've talked to who actually speaks rather highly of the generation younger than you. You, <laughs> you, you have a lot of optimism. towards them. <laughs> you have a lot of optimism towards them. now. I know you've told me stories about <laughs> things that happen, but you have a lot of optimism towards them mm-hmm. because you, you have this ability to view people for their potential. And I think you try to challenge them to be more, uh, and you do that through the work environment. And yeah. I don't know. Have you seen? Have you seen that that Chick Fil A? Maybe you got people who come in who are teenagers just wanting a paycheck, right? Because that's why you get a job as a teenager. Yeah. Who you've actually seen through being in a positive work environment kind of begins
2: to change. Have
0: Have you seen that at all? Like in your
2: time? Yeah. Um. It is. It's tough at times because just the nature of the business has a high turnover rate. So I mean, that's what you're gonna get anytime you hire on fifteen, sixteen year olds. They're Like we had a kid come in one time, worked just enough to earn money to buy NBA 2K18 or something and then quit the next day. And you know what? I was like, I got to give it to you, man. At least at least you worked for it. You didn't ask for it. You didn't sell anything to get it like you. You worked. So I got to give that to you. But yeah, I mean, there are there are those stories, though, of like, I mean, I've have some some potential leaders that at first might have been like, ah, I don't know not that if not that like I don't know if this guy's gonna make it but like I don't know if that's like the kind of material but then over time you just see like you see the people that take things seriously and they take their work seriously and they t- they they like leadership and they like people and those are the guys that like I've seen girls that I've seen over time just after pouring in and investing like into them them actually rise to the challenge and that's that's a huge rewarding part of my job is like putting the pressure on when I know that like that kid can be more than what he's doing right now. And then they, when they actually rise to that, that challenge and they succeed, like, I mean, that's amazing, man. Like glory to God, that is awesome. But yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely see a lot of that in my store. Um, especially with like the people that have been around since I've been, and I've only been working there like two years now. So, um, there's some people that have stayed on through those two years and like some of them are like leaders and like they're, they're doing what I was doing two years ago. And that's kind of crazy to me to think about, like, they're like, all of this is new to them. And like, I know how I felt when I first put on a blue shirt, which is like the next tier up in leadership and like walked in was like, all right, I guess I got to run a shift here. Like people are going to listen to me. Like now we have younger people doing that. And I know it's scary to them, but like, it's also kind of scary to us. Cause it's like, you're entrusting a shift to be run by like a 19 year old now, which is like, just don't think about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just go and do, <laughs> but no, it, it is, it's, it's so rewarding, man. And that's kind of why I want to like, I want to own one one day because like, I can then take the resources that like I can steward because like, obviously I, I don't, I don't make the kind of money an owner-operator does, but, like, I can use that resource, and I can use that to, like, pour into people, and I was actually talking to my wife, um, it was, like, last year, I think, and a big problem we have with our inner city um people are there's a lot of single moms that don't have daycare for their children, and so a lot of times it comes down to do I stay with my kid or do I go to work, and, like, no one should have to, like, make that choice of whether am I going to earn money to provide it for this kid? Or am I going to just have to stay home and like take care of them, but not earn anything the future, like in the future, take care of them. So I was like, just like, man, like there's gotta be a way that like we can fix that problem. And I kind of just was spitballing with my wife and I was like, what if I like, what if I became an owner operator one day? And I opened up like a daycare free of charge, like, got the credentials. I know it's crazy. And there's probably daycare people on this podcast screaming at me. No, it's not that you can't just buy one, but like (laughs) come work for me then. Like I'll help me run one then. Um, but like free of charge, like that is where you, your kid can go while you come and work at Chick-fil-A. So you have free daycare and you can work and earn money to like provide for your family and to like rise in leadership or whatever you want to do. Like, I just want to like open up those avenues to people because my owner operators open those up to me and like my parents opened that up to me. So it's just like you've been get, like you as a person have been given so many opportunities at times and to like not use that to help other people. Like I think that just, that's just kind of just a terrible thing, like to not use resources that you've been given to like benefit other people. But yeah, so I guess a, a long winded version of <laughs> my answer here is like, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of, of growth and there's a lot of things that I want to do to help people grow. Um, And it's just a very, very rewarding job, man. Like you just really get to invest in people. And it's kind of cool that the company is built around people. Like that's the thing that Chick-fil-A cares about is people. Like, yeah, we sell great food, but like at the end of the day, like you could sell the best food and no one could come. It's the people that make your business. And Chick-fil-A takes great, great strides. Sometimes like it, it has shown me the meaning of giving without expecting anything in return like the like our store but like our our company like chick-fil-a itself just gives so much without expecting anything in return at times where i'm just like you know this person is pulling a fast one on you and it's just like we can do it like we can afford it it's okay like they need it they wouldn't be pulling a fast one if they didn't need it maybe they don't even need it but we're gonna give because that's just what we do we care about people regardless of what they're doing to us so It's a hard lesson to learn and I'm still learning it because I still want to kind of fight back against that. But, um, yeah, just, it's, it cares about people and I care about people a lot. Um, and I, I think my world travels have kind of helped me with that. Like just seeing people from different like countries, different beliefs, different ethnicities, race, everything, just like all these different people that I've met and just seeing how like, you can just, you can just love people. And like, that's kind of something i wrote down on our fancy pads here um <laughs> that i uh i just wrote like like people like to be spoken to with like respect and love like they want to be just no matter who they are i mean it could be like it could be the most tatted up like crazy looking dreadlocked kid and if you talk to him with dignity and respect like Regardless if he shows you anything back, like, that sticks with them. And that's the thing. Like, that really does stick with people is um, how you say to them and just being present with them. And um, I just, I yeah, I just think that being present with people and being there for them to invest in them, like, is is a big part of my job.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's kind of cool you mentioned that because that's, that's a little bit about... Why we even have this podcast in the first place is—is is this is a platform for us to talk about ministries and various different avenues that it appears, whether it's in the workplace, like like what's going on over with you and Chick Fil A, or if it's happening within the church, and you know, just just like you mentioned, um, speaking to people with respect and and love, and and we want to take into consideration that that we just. You know, we, we've got a world full of people who believe in Jesus, who really love people. And I feel like sometimes it gets lost. Sometimes it gets lost in politics, especially. Sometimes it gets lost in bad practices in churches. But, you know, it, this is a way in which we can encourage people. There are people out there like, like you, Zach, who are working at a Chick-fil-A, working hard every day, you you've got a goal, and at the end of the day, I mean, you've got a, a store full of employees and people who can come. And I know when I go to a Chick Fil A, man, I go in there, man. This is a happy place, <laughs> and this is this is a happy place. This is this is like. Um, you know, you go into Disney World, right, and you, you're you happy when you go in there, except then you think about how much you spent to go in there, <laughs> right. Right? so you're a little yeah. less happy. Right. But Chick-fil-A, I go in there, it's like, man, I'm happy, and I got out of here with spending less than 20 right. bucks. I still so have that's a bank account. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: that's good stuff. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a great. You just ended that really.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna point this out. You just cut it off, and then that was it. Like that was it, man. Just that's it, dude. That is my point, and I've made it. (laughs) I I really need water,
0: actually.
1: (laughs) So I'm gonna ask a question really quick. So, going, going from a Christian high school to a Christian college, then spending the time that you spent in Korea, and then coming back. Meeting your wife, okay, moving mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh, working yep. for a, a, a company that's very much rooted in the whole Christian, like, I mean, the whole Christian yeah, viewpoint. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, like, what are things that you have seen that have, that, that are different f- at each stage, like, but are also maybe beneficial to anybody who's listening? Like what are things that you can take away from the Christian high school, Christian college, like the church in Korea Mm. to coming here that people can kind of like that you see as just things that stick out that why aren't we doing more of that?
2: Yeah. Um, oh man, that's a good question. Um, I think a big thing that I wish I would have known, when I was both in my Christian high school and Christian college um, was the concept of sacrificing now for the greater reward later. So putting in like hard work and time and things that you don't really like to do now and to delay that gratification of like, well, yeah, I could go and, um, like, hang out with my friends or whatever. I'm not telling people to not hang out with their friends. But, like, um, go and do go to this party or whatever and be with them. Or I can stay home and, like, work on this paper or whatever. And I guess I'm referring to college here. But, like, work on this because I know that, like, that grade in the long run will get me, like, into a better grad school later. Um, So, like, whatever it is in your life that, like, you – that I was – I guess – for me personally, whenever I was doing it, I always took the path of least resistance when I was younger. And I think that's pretty common for like teenagers, especially because who wants to do something hard when there's an easier way, especially in like the age of convenience that we live in. Like why do anything difficult if I can just have it now, but like I'm kind of learning and still kind of, um, reaping what I sowed years later of like, um, not putting in the time that I needed to. And I think that was – I mean, I got pretty pretty well off in by in, in high school, I think. Um, I went to a really good college, but that wasn't – definitely not because of my grades. It was more because, like, I was a good athlete that I could, like, get on the team, and that was kind of what got me in the door there. But, like, from college – oh, man, from college, I probably most take away that please take your school seriously. Like – if you're not paying for it, somebody is and like say what you want about college these days. But if you are in college and you're spending that money, take it seriously. Like, yes, experience the things college has to offer, but like don't overindulge. Like at the end of the day, like there's a lot of money that's going to be following you around afterwards. So I would just say like, please take it seriously. Um, and if you're not in college, like that's fine. Like, there's many options these days. But if you are like, I would I would say my takeaway from that point is I did not take it seriously. I t- I took the path of, once again the path of least resistance there. And um, I mean I graduated. But the saying D's to get degrees like is only cool when you're in college, and no one really D's, likes to hear. For yeah. me to we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. Yeah. Me it's me like a bar. And listen, i way lower. Man. Yeah. I know. I want to give people hope on this podcast. so... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it, it doesn't really work much later in life. Like, no, no, no one thinks it's really that funny unless you're in college. So, um, but yeah, Korea then. Oh, man. I could write a book on, like, things that I could take away and from you Korea. You should. You
0: should. No,
2: no, no. But maybe one day. But I just. You oh, man. Korea. Uh, I guess in Korea, a couple things that I could take away is. You're never really f- too far gone for God. Um, you never walk out into the woods too far for God to not bring you back onto the path. Um, I did a lot of things in Korea that I'm not proud of, but I also did a lot of things in Korea that I am proud of, and I, I'm glad to say like I am a Christian. But there's also a lot of things that I was like, oh man, if they knew. So um, from that, just there is there's always hope, always always hope to come back, um, no matter how far gone no matter where you are like it is not too far um the other thing probably from korea is like there's just there's so many ways to live life in your way and i'm not talking about like your biblical way but i'm talking about like what you do as like a habit that you think is part of your religion like there's a ton of different ways to live life um and your habit is not always the right way or the best way um there's just so many people so many cultures just so many ways to live life that like if they are a believer like please let that be enough like please don't try and like change something like fundamentally like a part of their culture about them um like i'm not saying like if someone's sinning don't point that out to them but i'm saying like like if someone i don't know if someone sings hymn like a certain hymnal at a church that like you're like well that was written by like a secular person or something like just let them let them worship they're worshiping like let them do it like your habits are not always the right thing to do like with other cultures and just that that's with people in America and outside of, it. I hope that makes sense. Like it's, it's yeah, so kind of hard is to put into words that,
1: that if, as long as they are following Christ in a biblical manner and doing it with the right motivation and the right heart, the de the details when it comes to tradition or even like song choice or right. What, the, like the, 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 the stuff that doesn't really like it, it's there, we do it, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's not like fundamental to our faith. Right. And that's yeah. like, if they do that and it works for them and that's how they worship God and that's what they believe God wants, like that's fine.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it's just, there's so many ways that people live out their faith that like, I think we all in America, we try to like conform people to this, like v- this image of Christianity that we all have, but like, it's not like that everywhere. And especially like in other first world countries like Europe and like, like Korea, like they're not, I guess, I mean, Europe's a continent, but like other countries around the world, like they do it differently. And like that that's okay. Like it doesn't have to be the white picket fence. You go to like a brick church on Sunday kind of Christianity. Like it, it can be, raw it can be different so i i I took that away from just um traveling around and i actually had the the absolute pleasure of being at a um it was at a mass during it i was in poland and it was during like the the it was during advent and Mm -hmm. i got up and i went to a roman catholic church with a friend that i had in poland uh it was me spencer and this uh, friend of ours and we went to this Roman Catholic church at like five 30 in the morning for like morning worship. And it was all in a different language and they had like the, the incense going and chants and all this stuff. And like, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like it was gorgeous. And I always thought like, yeah, like structured worship is probably like not like, that's just like a, a, Uh, invention of the Catholic Church. Like that's not like really how like the old, like the Christians in the New Testament worshiped or whatever. Like they didn't, they didn't have like all these rigid rules and stuff like that. But there was so, like there was like a, a beauty and a, a peace with like knowing how it was laid out. And there was like order. And it kind of made me think like, like our world, our God is ordered and he likes ordered things and he likes to like have things work in a certain way that like you can not predict, but you can like okay I expected that because God's character is like that and like he he doesn't change and so like that 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 structure in that church in that Roman Catholic Advent like mass was just like man like I'm used to this free flow and almost concert like thing at my church in like Pennsylvania right but just because it's different over in Poland doesn't mean like they're doing something wrong
0: Right, yeah, like we our, our, our worship time right is typically led by someone who's dressed rather trendy and has a really nice singing voice mm-hmm. and may or may not have ripped jeans, you know, type of yeah, deal. Yeah, and they have a tattoo and, to show they have a history. Right, yeah, <laughs> and, and the, exactly. <laughs> and it's it's one of those things where, you know, you you mentioned God being ordered, and, and sometimes I think what is lost because of the dark history of Roman Catholicism. Mm-hmm. What is lost is the beauty of the structure. Yeah, And and I, I agree with you fully there. Uh, I kinda wanna ask, I wanna ask a question. This is gonna be the last formal question I ask you, um, but as we're in like our last 15 minutes or so here, yeah. is you mentioned that when you first revealed that you were gonna be working at a Chick-fil-A, mom and dad were not thrilled, <laughs> not as thrilled, and I'm just curious, you know, a couple of years later, right? It'll be it'll be two years in in June. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so yeah. two years coming up. How how would your parents feel about you doing this now and and at the company? And, and most importantly, how how does your wife Leah how does she feel about you wanted to go on this track, wanted to be an owner operator? Yeah. because I'm sure this is this is still quite a ways away because mm-hmm. you'll have to go through some training. Oh, yeah. and Some.
2: Some various different steps so how, how's your support system right <laughs> well it, yeah it's a i wouldn't say i would ne- i never had a support system like leah like i could have been like i'm gonna go work on the mississippi river as like a, a ferry boat driver and she have been like you're crazy but all right like i support <laughs> you that's fine <laughs> like she literally is like the most supportive person i've ever been in my life with whatever i want to do um and for only good things too she tells me when i'm wrong but she was always supportive of it. And I think she secretly knew that like, I would one day want to get on the ownership track because every time I started something like I always wanted to be like the highest position or like the best at it just because like, I wanted to work for it. Um, Kind of a far shot from my college days. But um, with my parents, I, to be honest, like at first they were like, Oh, okay. Like that's, that's good. Like you like your boss, like, I guess you'll find something later. And then like, once I was like, no, I'm I kind of in this for the long haul here. They were like, Oh, all right. Like, are there opportunities? Like, what is that like? And I think after I explained like what the track of owner operator is and kind of how it's not like, Oh yeah. I just like one day now I'm the owner that sells chicken rather than like the drive-through the director that does like once they understood, like there's like this built path and like this like way of, uh, becoming an owner operator and like, yeah, I, I think that that kind of (laughs) put them a little more at ease. Like, okay, my son's not going to be like frying chicken for the rest of the life, which is not a bad job. Like if you have that job, I, you are a warrior. If you are breading chicken and frying it, like, I mean, that is, I don't even do it that fast. Like, honestly, I'm not the best breader or fryer at my store. Like you, the people that can do it well, like you deserve a medal. Like you are, you are a warrior. But, like, I, I think that my support system now that I am getting a little more serious with um my owner-operator track, like, really taking in, like, business coaches and, like, reading a ton of books. I read a lot. So, like, I read a ton, a ton of books on business and management and leadership and stuff. I think that they're... I think the support system's definitely pretty strong now before it was probably more of a scaffolding. Now it's a little more (laughs) brick and mortar at this point. Um, but yeah, it was, it's good, man. It's, it's, it's always good to have like your family behind you, um, with whatever you're doing. And actually it's funny. They, they love Chick-fil-A so much that my dad, um, before he got his new job was actually looking to hopefully own one too. Um, he threw his name in the hat there and Didn't go anywhere, but that's okay. I mean, it's a big, it's a big, long process. And a lot of people try and become an owner operator. Like they they get tons of applications. So, but my dad, like, I mean, he loved it enough. The idea enough to like, be like, Hey, maybe I'll try this. And so,
1: okay. Can I ask a quick question about, and this is Chick-fil-A related. Yeah. Yeah. So in Cleveland, we have these, but in downtown, like when you get closer to like downtown Pittsburgh, do you guys have like the, the hot dog stand kind of chick-fil-a catering thing going on so we have a food truck that
2: really yes <laughs> we have a chick-fil-a food truck that um
1: why do we not have this
0: food is better off a food truck i'm just gonna throw it out there if it comes off a truck there's just something it really there's is, something man. really american about <laughs> it's eating the off most truck, american man. thing that i yeah it's
2: one of the most american things you can do is eat a, a food item off a truck like <laughs> It really is like an, an old converted ice cream truck. Like that's the kind of truck I want to eat my food out of no matter what it is. Okay.
1: So you guys have food trucks. In
2: yeah. Pittsburgh. So it's like I've never seen it. But this next this upcoming week, May 4th, they are going to be there's a big like race down in Pittsburgh. And so the Chick-fil-A food truck is going to be down there and they're going to I think it's just sandwiches. But don't quote me on that because I'm not sure. But I'm pretty sure it's just sandwiches and um they are yeah there'll be there'll be a whole team down there just slinging chicken out of a a, a bigger truck i i don't think it's like a i don't the, think it's an usual. ice cream truck yeah i don't think it's one of those i think it's a little bigger a little this more one travels looking. around the country yeah yeah so yeah it'll be a little bigger but it'll be down there man and i've always been like man they should just take this thing on the road like just get just, a fleet of ice it's, cream it's trucks Chick-fil- just selling. Command Center, yeah just- exactly you could have a mobile chick-fil-a <laughs> restaurant man that'd be awesome
1: I just bring it up because across the street from my the building I work at, there's a office building with like a cafe, like a food court. Area. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, it's actually the local Chick Fil A here. Okay. Drives, puts their chicken in the catering bag. Yeah, drives man. Drives it all the way to downtown Cleveland. Additional, yeah. It's called an
2: additional distribution point. Yeah, okay. that, yeah. They have those. We don't have one. Our store doesn't have one. I don't even know if any of our stores in our area have one. But like. Yeah, you can definitely do that as a Chick Fil A. Like if there's like a food court or something, Mm. and there's like an open spot, you can just go down there, and it's actually another way to like earn some more revenue. If there's any Chick Fil A owner operators listening to this, (laughs) but I'm sure they know about ADPs at this point. They should at least (laughs) if you're an owner operator. I was just curious. I'm
1: sorry. No, 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 yeah, yeah. That's an ASD question for sure. But whatever. We're at 51 minutes. We're in
0: the we're in the final few minutes here where we start to like to wrap it up. I'm just going to say uh, first. Thank you so much, Zach, for for doing this with us. And basically, if you have any final comments, stories, anything you'd like to share before we sign off of um, raking coals, just let us know. Or if not, that's cool, too.
2: No, I really appreciate you guys (laughs) having me on here. I hope what I said made sense. I know I tend to ramble some. Um, This is my first time doing a podcast, so. Still getting you that structure Don't worry about oh, it. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. So for anyone, anyway, we have we have a few listeners in the Pennsylvania area. If anyone's in like the Pittsburgh location and wants to stop by and get some chicken, what what store
2: you at? So I'm at the McKnight Road Chick Fil A. Um, if you don't know where McKnight Road is, if you're in Pittsburgh, then I don't know how you don't because it's a pretty it's a pretty main thoroughway uh, near Pittsburgh. So I'm off McKnight Road by Ross Park Mall. So if you want to swing on through the drive-through, I'm there pretty much every day so yeah you'll you'll definitely see me in there slinging just some not chicken. on sundays just not on sundays you won't see me there well sometimes you might because i come by and like we'll like have meetings and stuff every now and then but please don't come on sundays because it's it's heartbreaking to turn people away on sunday because <laughs> people will ask us like are you guys open we're like nope not for 35 years <laughs> so, <laughs> so please don't come on sunday <laughs>
0: All right, man. Well, thank you very much, Zach. And thank you all very much for listening to this episode of Raking Colts. This is our 17th episode and a special one because it's our first one with a special guest, Zach Butler. Be sure to uh, comment and let us know what you thought about this episode. Uh, Feel free to do so on the website, e43collective.com, or head on over to Facebook where you can follow our Facebook page, the E43 Collective. And as always, we want to say thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic week and a blessed day. Bye-bye.